Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Three Tier Die. I'm your host, Payne Sullivan, and today I'll be reading Chapter 26 of Metanoia, the first book in the Blockbit series. Let's begin. Chapter 26 As he stepped back inside his paltry accommodations, Bo was greeted by Check and Hanson. S was out cold and didn't appear to have moved an inch while the others were talking quietly with each other. We got a ride, Bo told them. Uh, that's fantastic, Hanson said nervously. What's the problem? Dr. Hanson looked nervously between the Kana and Bo, fidgeting in his pile of leaves. It's just, I know it's ridiculous to ask, but what are your plans for me? Chek has no interest in serving the Empire and doesn't care about the bounty. Quint doesn't even want to be a bounty hunter. So I have to wonder, what of you and Hess? He and the doctor stared at each other. Hansen radiated anxiety, that much was for certain. If he were honest with himself, Bo hadn't really thought about what to do with the man. His goal had been to get the doctor to prevent he and Jenna from losing their heads. All he wanted was freedom. He pondered what to do about the doctor for a moment before responding. I never wanted the job, and the money doesn't really matter to me anymore. I'm not playing Thalbus's game. Relief visibly flooded the doctor's face. While it was true the hunter had no interest in playing along with the Kana agenda, he felt conflicted about his decision. Hansen had created something horrifically evil and devastating, but who would he hand him over to for profit but the Kana? For the time being, he would just keep tabs on the doctor's activities. Taking shape, Alvinus extended it out, returning to her serpentine form. Reaching forward, she came face to face with the human doctor. I do not agree, she said, causing Hanson to look up in alarm. You have aided the Kana Empire in committing treaty breaches against several empires who they have allied with. You have enslaved me and others of my kind. You will be held responsible for your actions or I will throw you into the quarantine and let you be eaten by your own handiwork, the halogen seethed. Gapping, the doctor stared at the alien with eyes as wide as saucers. Ovenus, let's worry about getting off La Shadal before we do anything with him. We can turn him over to the earthen colonies if we have to, Bo said, not wanting to lose the doctor they worked so hard to find. They'd lost too much just to ditch him. She seemed to find this acceptable, however reproachfully. With a hiss, she slithered back through the air to her son as she stared at Hanson down with steely eyes. This will not work, a voice hissed. Across the room, Hess stirred, rising from her sleep. If we don't deliver, Kana will hunt us, she said. Hess was right, of course, Bo realized. Quint voiced his agreement with the bleem. If they simply turned Hanson into the earthen colonies, they would then be putting a price on their own heads. We'll think of something, Bo said. I already have an idea, Alvinus announced. I'm sure you do, Hanson said scornfully. The alien serpent glared at him. Watch your tongue, human. She went on to explain her plan. Apparently, she had had a long time to think about this. The plan was to deliver a disguised warhead. But there was a catch. The Halogen's plan called for a martyr, a sacrifice to end the ruthless Kana Empire. As he listened, Bo's heart sank as her scheme was conceived. There must be another way, he said softly. Time isn't on our side. 
Nakana expect the shuttle to return with the doctor and any hunters. We don't have the time or resources for anything else. They must pay for what they've done. Deep in his heart, he knew she was right, but... Let's go let Kilobesh know then, Bo resigned. There's still the matter of Owen, though, Hanson said suddenly. What about her? Bo asked. Why did she land here? You don't think she might be waiting somewhere, knowing we will try to escape? She'll need a clean slate, so she might be trying to get her hands on me, the doctor explained. No, Chek said. No? What do you mean, no? How could you possibly know what that monster is cooking up? Hansel proclaimed, throwing his hands into the air. From one of the few pouches attached to the silvery armor, the avium pulled a thin, square chip. By its make and design, Bo recognized it as a ship's navigation card. This is why she can't leave, Chek announced. I took this, to ensure no desertion. Impressed with his accidental foresight, Bo gave the Connor a pat on the back. So she's forced to stay here. I don't doubt Owen is tearing this spaceport apart looking for a new navigation system. Well, she'll have a time finding one. Kana and Desson technology are incompatible. Any nav card she finds won't work with the shuttle, Hanson said. Oh, she's gonna be pissed. We'll have to be careful going through the colony to the port, Bo added. Kilo Besh should be informed of our plans so he can arrange for some Desson to be evacuated. We can also use some soldiers on the return trip to the Kana. Do you know where the rendezvous is? Avanus asked the bird. Shaking his head, Chuck said, It is programmed. We go either to Kana or Imperial Station. Both have its benefits. If we can strike the Kana, then the Empire will realize it isn't as powerful as it thinks. But if we can attack the Imperial Station, Avanus said, trailing off, we could cripple the Kana Empire. Bo finished. Nodding her head, the halogen urged. Take us to Kilovesh. Maybe we can end this pointless war and stop this disease before it spreads to any other planets. Chuck stood and joined the human as he walked from the sleeping quarters. The others, however, opted to stay behind and rest. He couldn't blame them. The doctor had been living on edge for who knows how long, and Hess and Quint must be exhausted after the events of Koskurst. As they reached the leader Desson's dwelling, they were met by another guard. What is your business, warm bloods? The guard asked, the rifle held aiming directly toward Chek. We need to speak to Kilobesh about evacuation plans, Bo told the guard. Antenna perking up, they were ushered inside immediately. Walking through the same path as before, they met once again with the enormous alien. Hello again, visitors. How may I help you? it asked. I've established contact with my ship, and it's on its way here, Bo informed. This is grand news, Kilobesh said. We can also use the shuttle that's landed, and we will help with any evacuation that we can. Any civilians that can go right now can use my ship for transportation to another hive. My ship will be here in only a matter of standard hours, Bo said. The chitin plates on the desk rattled in excitement. This is very grand news. I will set preparations at once. If we can reach other hives that can assist, we can purge the sickness. Soon we may rebuild another hive free of this disease. There is more we need to tell you, Bo said, keeping his voice measured. Already breaking this kind of news felt odd. Of course, human, what is it? 
Do you know what Aglawin is? Bo asked. Kulabesh stared down at the man, the antenna waving about in the air. I know little of the race. I only know of their unique qualities. Exhaling, he explained to the Desen about the special set of circumstances that had befallen him and told them of the plan to strike against the Kana Empire. That is most interesting, human. Can you show me, though? From his right arm, a miniature Desen erupted out, waving its legs in the air. If the bugs were capable of facial expressions, Bo would have paid hard credits to see what Kelebesh would have looked like. Clattering his mandibles, the alien reeled back in shock. Recovering from the sudden outburst from the human's body, the alien leaned in closer, expecting the form Ovenus had chosen. Perfect. You even smell of us, it said. Bo felt it prudent to withhold that Hagelin transformation is more accurate after devouring the original at copies. Obviously, so did his mother. This plan sounds most effective. Are you sure you can do this, though? Turning to check, the Desen added. Are you capable of doing this to your own kind? The ex-soldier stood resolutely. I will not serve warlords. Kano lost true spirit. We fight now to conquer allies, to destroy. I will not stand for them. You do us a great service, Kana warrior. You have the thanks of the queen and the brother hives, the insectoid praised. Shifting uncertainly, the bird nodded, his stance becoming more solid as he reassured himself with his newfound alliance. With the revelation that he had never been a soldier himself, Bo couldn't imagine what check must be going through. To find that those you trusted and served to guide you had ulterior motives to undermine allies must be devastating. He also couldn't fathom replacing the loyalty to those who he had fought against. I will begin mobilizing those who may leave at once and prepare our warriors. When you are ready, we will take you into the quarantine, Kalebesh said as his fingers worked the orb. Thank you for aiding us. Not many would in your position, especially you, Kana. It's our pleasure, Bo said, saving Chek from speaking. The Kana still looked uncertain, eyes avoiding the Desen. Kilobesh took his leave, scurrying away to begin his preparations as his guests trailed after him. Giving Chek a sidelong glance, he saw that his companion was still uneasy. How are you holding up? the man asked. I do not understand the phrase, the alien said vaguely. Are you emotionally functioning in a way that is typical? Bo tried awkwardly. Hesitating, Chet clicked his beak anxiously. I do not know. All my life I served Empire. Now I know they are not worthy of service. I stand by those I thought enemies. I have killed many of their kind. It does me no good for such kindness when I deserve none. Never having considered this, the man wondered just how many Desen that the soldier had killed. It would be foolish to think that the insectoids didn't think to share the same thought. In Chuck's presence, the bug seemed agitated, ready to strike. For good reason, to be fair. Kana were renowned for their efficient and ruthless tactics. To the insectoids, Chuck was a harbinger of death and despair, just as much as the applicators were. This just made their kindness that much more outstanding. Perhaps they are willing to put aside their differences for the good of their people. They may think the same of you, but they see that aggression isn't the answer. Bo offered. 
I do not know that. The Kana twittered doubtfully. Just think about that. They could have killed you, all of us, and we wouldn't have seen it coming. But here we are, in their home. Small steps are all it takes, I guess. Maybe if the Kana let acceptance, the war will end, the man mused. I do not see an end to war, the Kana said. There was almost sadness in his voice. These words are strange from a bounty hunter, Chuck added. I'm starting to think I've made the wrong career choices, Bo said defensively. His companion didn't respond, but he didn't mind. The avian seemed lost in thought, and the man still felt strange talking about the principles of life and killing. Walking through the door of their quarters, Chuck set himself down, replacing his helmet. Laying himself down in his own bedding, Bo finally let himself rest. His limbs felt like concrete, and exhaustion finally overtook him. Mind drifting, he realized the last he had slept was on the shuttle to Koskurst, not counting being dead for a few minutes. The trip almost felt like a lifetime ago, when life had felt so much simpler, before it was kill or be killed and profit from it. Now he wasn't so sure. Dreamily floating through his foggy thoughts, he slipped away. Thank you for joining me once again for another episode of The Three-Tiered Eye. Metanoia, as well as the theme of the podcast, are both written by myself, and you can find more of my work at pain-sylvan.squarespace.com, where you can find links to my other books on Amazon, and support the podcast and my writing. I would like to apologize for these long breaks in between episodes. Uh, between recovering from that two-month-long sinus infection and just working full-time, it's a little hard to find time to sit down and record this on top of other podcasts that I do and just trying to write more books. But I'm going to try to create more free time to do this because this is my favorite podcast to work on. So hopefully with this kind of new forced schedule, I can start getting these back out on a more regular basis again. But I am back for however long I can be back, but I'll try to get another episode out as soon as I can. Thank you all for listening, and have a great day.